Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Ah, oh. oh, here's a likely house. Gather round. Got your carol sheets? Hem, <coughs> hem. <coughs> Ready? Here's your candle. <laughs> <laughs> right then, right. After three. One, two. Uh, <laughs> seven. This time, 
when we're all enjoying ourselves so very, very much, let's just think for a moment about those less fortunate than ourselves. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Christmas at the BBC. This is a recorded announcer, since all the BBC staff are off on their Christmas holidays. This is a recorded announcer. This is a recorded announcer. But what of Christmas at the BBC? But what of Christmas at the BBC? But what we are sorry for this slight technical. We are sorry for this slight technical. We are sorry for this slight technical. Well, we seem to be having a little trouble. Well, we seem to be having a little trouble. What a radio is going. Here, what a radio is going. Here, what a radio is going. Well, you know, brethren, I think that only goes to show that jolly wonderful, jolly jolly wonderful, though science is, there are some things machines can't do. Come to think of it, they're much the same things that I can't do either. <laughs> but on my way here today, I was considering the real meaning of Christmas. And I thought, if I were not a vicar, I think I'd like to be the Director General of the BBC. That rhymes. And then, <laughs> then I'd say, right, Christmas holidays cancelled. All back. Come on, hurry up. Stand by your mics. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks, Reverend. You certainly saved our bacon that time. Think nothing of it, my son. All part of a day's work for Super Parson. Super Parson. Super Parson. Look, he's taken off his dog collar. He's taken off his cassock. He's... He's... He's entirely naked. <laughs> Is it a bird? No, not by the look of things. <laughs> but what of Christmas at the BBC? Christmas, when friends and families like to come together, but at this time when most of us are enjoying companionship, let us say something to those who are missing. Where are you? <laughs> but what of Christmas at the BBC? You're getting very good at that line. Each programme will have a Christmas flavour. Mmm, tastes like reindeer stew. Yes. <laughs> the programmes will remain the same, only the titles have been changed to prove it's Christmas. Now let's just run over the schedule. Schedule. Have you got a broken schedule? Yes, I have. Don't throw it away. Phone Brook Taylor's day and night schedule repairs. We fix garden schedules, potting schedules, and even provide damp courses for water schedules. Use Brook Taylor for the schedule, love. Uh, excuse me, I believe the correct pronunciation of that word is schedule. No. No, no, no. It is, you know. I'm ruined. Ruined. My whole business is a disaster. I've got a wife and a new baby to support. I can't. I'm going to end it all. No, I'm wrong. It is schedule. <laughs> of the BBC doing to make this a really memorable Christmas. Closing down? 
<laughs> We're certainly going to give you Christmas broadcasting you'll remember from last year or the year before. <laughs> Christmas. A time for the traditional Christmas fare. Plum duffs, mince pies, roast potatoes, and dead turkeys. And here is that lovable Yuletide character, the man who makes sure a Christmas bird arrives on your table, plump, ready to eat, and well and truly dead, the old turkey strangler. When noses glow and snow do snow and the Christmas bells are jangling, with a grab and a grip and a pull and a zip, pies out the turkey strangling. Um, can you show us that again, slowly? The way I enjoy it. There we go. Right. Uh, pull, heave, twist. Of course, this can take hours. So, to save time, I've got one over here half strangled. Couldn't you use less violent methods? No! I get bored. Anyway, <laughs> I do sometimes use psychological slaughter, you know. What's that? Well, you take a live turkey home, pluck it, open all the windows, and then open the oven door. And it jumps in to keep warm. <laughs> or, then again, yes. I can just strangle them, because that's more fun. Because that's more fun. True words, indeed. Get your clothes on. <laughs> Christmas is a time for fun. Um, where's this dog gonna go? Not there. <laughs> but though Christmas is a time when young folk like to let their hair down. Come in! You've let me down again. Sorry, I'm sorry. For the old folk, it's a time for nostalgia when they like to put their feet on the mantelpiece, drop their wooden legs in a basket, <laughs> unclip their false arms, unbuckle their tin chest, take out their false teeth, unscrew their glass eyes, and throw their minds back to Christmases of yesteryear. <laughs> Christmas isn't what it used to be. Not what it used to be. Not what it used to be. What was it then? Easter. Uh, Easter, damn inconvenient. The hens couldn't lay the Easter eggs. Too damn cold, frozen stiff. Damn fine hens we had then. Not like these modern long heads. These modern hens, they have to have their eggs warmed up before they lay on them. Oh, we had really cold winters in those days. Yes, did we have winter? Did we have winter? Did we? Have winters. We didn't have winters. <laughs> it was too cold. Too cold. It was so cold. They used to cancel December, January, and February. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we always had a white Christmas, though. Yeah, always a white Christmas. Every year. If it didn't snow, I went out with a brush and painted it white. Uh, and yeah. didn't it snow? It did. Yes. Yeah. Did every year. Twenty feet deep. And it never melted. Never, never melted. melted. When I got it snowed in my house, yeah. I used to climb out over the chimney oh. and build a new house on top. Oh. Thirty-seven houses I built, one on top of the other. Yeah. Then they started these atom-born tests. Snow melted. There was... In my bed, 700 feet up. <laughs> Got run over by an aeroplane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I better go and put on my false nose and long white beard. Why, are you playing Father Christmas? No, I'm wanted by the police. Oh. Play
now, I'm sorry I'll read it again, presents this year's special Christmas production, the classic tale by Charles Dickens, A Christmas Carrot. Wait a minute. Shouldn't that be a Christmas carol? No, 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 no. No, a carrot is something you eat. Eat comes from fire. Fire burns. Burns was a poet. Poets write, right, left, left out, out, house. House warming, warming pan, pancake, cake, tin. Tin, mine, mine, yours, theirs, ours. How's your father, father, Christmas? Therefore, carrot equals Christmas. <laughs> but I think you're right. It should be a Christmas carol. Anyway, we're going to do a Christmas carrot. So there. A Christmas carrot. <laughs> in a dingy office somewhere in London. Sitting at a desk is the wicked old miser, Scrooge. Scrooge was an evil-looking man with piggy eyes, beetle brows, a hawk nose and pig's trotters. <laughs> His father had run the lost property office at London Zoo. <laughs> I am Scrooge. <laughs> I am Scrooge. <laughs> I am Scrooge. Hang on. What do you think you're doing? We're the three Scrooges. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's only one Scrooge in this story, and it's the best part, and I'm the producer, so Baggy, I'm Scrooge. That's not fair, Baggy. <laughs> I, I want to be Scrooge. So do I. Oh, get back! Get back, you mutinous dogs, I'm the producer! You do what I tell you! <laughs> oh, look at his great big jack boots! His black leather mask! His big steel helmet! His whip! Oh, do you like the gear, then? Oh, it's on <laughs> Right, then. I play Scrooge. Joe can tell the story. But she's a rotten girl. You know much cop as a fella, right? Well, come on, get on with it. Get on with it. It was Christmas Eve in London. The weather was foul and murky. And nothing was heard but the sound of a bird. Excuse me, gaily throttling the turkey. Come on. <laughs> yes, it was Christmas Eve. But Scrooge and his clerk, Bob Scratchit, were still hard at work. <laughs> Poor Bob. Scrooge used him cruelly. Scratch it! Scratch it! But it's not itchy. <laughs> Scratch it! It's time you went off. Scratch it's Christmas tide. I don't believe in Christmas. Scratch it. Here's your wages. One brand new decimalized seven-sided trouser button. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> work for this. How can a man live on wages like these? What sort of Christmas will it be for me poor wife and our five little jockeys? I don't care. I don't care. I'm mean. <laughs> I'm rotten. <laughs> I'm horrible. <laughs> I'm overacting. <laughs> and you got what you deserve. Well, where do you find a feeling? Get out. When Scratchit had gone, Scrooge was alone. That's true. That is very, very true. No, think about it. It's very true. Scrooge. Scrooge was a lonely man. So lonely, in fact, that he talked to the furniture and gave them all names. So he said goodnight to Wilfred the chair and lady table. Then put his feet up on Dennis the Poof and finally, finally lit a fire in Alfred the Great. Then it was time for bed. Scrooge drank a nightcap, ate his slippers, and soon he was asleep. Stop that row! Stop that row! I'm trying to kick! Sorry, 
But in the middle of the night, Scrooge was awakened by a strange noise. Oh, oh, Scrooge. Slowly, the door creaked open. And there, on the threshold, stood a strange, mysterious figure, dressed in a large box and wrapping paper tied up with a ribbon. Who? Who are you? Can't you guess? I think you have guessed. I am the ghost of Christmas present. Oh, oh, oh. Why do I always get the worst line? What a dreadful visitation. It must have been a ghastly dream. I never should have drunk that nightcap. Why not? It went straight to me head. Oh, I don't get all the worst lines. But soon Scrooge was once more asleep. But he was not to sleep for long. Once more, the door creaked open. This time, in the doorway stood a dreadful figure, a hideous grin upon its face, and in its hand, the awful book of reckoning. Scrooge, this is your life. <laughs> Listen, Scrooge, do you recognize this voice? Scrooge! Scrooge! They're all at it! Well, but wait, I, I do know that voice. It's, it's Zebedee! My old business partner, Zebedee Six Trombones. Oh. Oh. If I'd known that was my name, I wouldn't have bothered to come back. Hi, <laughs> Scrooge, it is I. But Zebedee, you've been dead these last ten years. True, and now I'm a ghost. Oh, oh shut oh. up! Oh, sorry, I spook. All night long, Scrooge was disturbed by awful visitors. Every one of them bent... Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. Bent on showing him something he'd never seen before. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> When he woke next morning, he was a new person. Good heavens, I'm glad it's Ramsticker. <laughs> but soon he felt himself again. No, I'm not glad it's Ramsticker. <laughs> he threw open the window, and the bells chiming across the rooftops told him it was Christmas morning. Ding dong, ding dong, hark at our song, and rejoice for... Tis Christmas more. <laughs> Ning. <laughs> Ning. <laughs> Ning. <laughs> Scrooge popped his head out of the window as the snow fell in a thick blanket. <laughs> but it was Christmas Day, and Scrooge felt at peace with the world. Then he saw, hopping along his windowsill, a little robin redbreast. With a smile, Scrooge fetched a loaf of bread. Then when he'd finished his robin sandwich... <laughs> he spat out the beak and listened to the sounds of the city outside his window. He heard the shouts of the street sellers. Street! Street. Oh, a lovely street. Golden feeling. Very lovely. 
cry of the hot chestnut man. <laughs> oh, I burned me chestnuts. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Bob Scratchett's home, it was a miserable Christmas. Bob and his wife were unhappy, and their five little jockeys were in tears. <laughs> As Martha Scratchett sat weeping, up came the smallest and most popular of their five little jockeys, the happy, smiling little figure of Tiny Tim. carrying a huge turkey, presents for all, Christmas decorations, a Christmas tree and a hamper crammed with food and wine. Merry Christmas, Mrs. Scratchit, said Scrooge, handing her the bill for £37.10. <laughs> but soon the Christmas festivities were in full swing, thanks to Scrooge. Food and wine were served for all, and before long, Scrooge was enjoying the traditional Christmas goose. Oh, how dare you! <laughs> Pardon, ma'am, but who are you? I am Auntie Constance Scratchit. I was passing and I thought I'd just pop in for a second. Possibly a third and it's like a fourth. To everyone's delight, Auntie Constance had two enormous Christmas puddings. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, and careful where you put that holly. Madam, where do you come from? Oh, I run the old curiosity shop. Then you must be the old curiosity. Correct. And if you'd like to satisfy your curiosity, shop around for a bit. Oh, let me kiss you under the mistletoe. Kiss me under any toe you like. If you <laughs> Don't stop there. Now that's enough of that, Mr. Scrooge. It's not nearly enough. Shut up, Granny. Shut up yourself, fatty. Oh, I'm not fat. I've just got a small head. Yes, <laughs> you are. You are fat. 
You're fat and you're old and you're ugly. Nonsense, I'm 29 and I'm very well preserved. Aye, well, I can see you're pickled. <laughs> Come now, ladies, it's Christmas. It's Christmas. Quite right, Mr. Scrooge. And as a token of our affection, please accept this present from us all. <laughs> Here, here, let me unwrap it. Wait a minute. I think I know what it is. Well, you certainly deserve it. Oh, no, it's... 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 Oh, oh no. Needy through flowers oh, will scream. listening to A Christmas Mess. Oh, I'm sorry, I read it again. A Christmas Message from Tim Brooke Taylor, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kennel and Bilotti. In the unavoidable absence of Charles Dickens, the words were written by Graham Garden and Bilotti, and in the unavoidable absence of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, the music was written by Bilotti, arranged by Leon Cohen, and played by Dave Lee and the Boys. The programme was produced by David Hatch in the unavoidable absence of Peter Titheridge. And now, in the unavoidable absence of you-know-who, all together now... It's I'm sorry I read Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.